What is up? This is Take It or Leave It. I am your humble host, Britton Hooper. As usual, extremely excited to be here with you today. So happy and humbled and grateful that you have decided to make me part of your day. Um, or a couple days if you listen, you know, I know it's our episodes. If you listen to it over the course of a couple days on your drives home from work to work, whatever it may be, thank you for listening. Today, uh, we've got a lot to talk about. As usual, sports world does not sleep and neither does the world world. And as you know, we talk about both, a little bit of both, mostly sports, a little bit of both though. Today, I want to start with the idea of unity. In theory, it's a fantastic thought. We want it. We all want to be unified. We all want to be together. We want to go through things together. It's more fun when you enjoy a movie together. It's more fun when you share an opinion with somebody else. But more often than not, we do not achieve unity. I mean, it's kind of a facade, if you will. If you go into a group of five people... Chances are two or three will lean to the left, two or three will lean to the right, and there might be one in the middle politically, of course. That's that's not unified. Typically, that's how it's going to work. That's not completely unified. They might not hate each other. They might be best of friends, and they might agree on a lot, but but right there, that's a splice in the unity. Sports is a perfect example. You go in in a room, a restaurant, a bar, whatever it is, and there's a group of 10 people sitting there, chances are they're not all fans of the same team. They might be, but chances are they're not. Chances are you're going to have three from this team, three from that team, three, whatever. Maybe five and five, maybe six and four. But they're going to have different leanings. They're going to have different loyalties. They're not unified on that topic. I mean, shoot, down to food. You go to a group of even two people. And you say, hey, pepperoni or cheese? Chances are it's going to be one and one. I think that's pretty safe to say. Just for something as, as tiny, as, as small, as ins- insignificant as f- just a piece of pizza. No unity. There's not a lot that can bring nearly, I'm not going to say all, but nearly everybody together to root for and get behind one thing, the same thing. Tiger Woods is the exception. Tiger Woods somehow unified almost, again, I'm not going to say all, I would dare to say 95% at least maybe, maybe less, but I'm thinking close to 95% of the sports world behind him to root for him this past Sunday in the final day of the Masters. Tiger Woods did something that, and again, it's not 100% rate. You're never going to have full unity. It just doesn't happen. But I'd say the rate was pretty high. The percentage of people in the sports world, and even people that don't watch sports, that were rooting for this man to win the Masters this past Sunday was absurd. He did something so incredible, and it's something you can get behind. Now, he did some horrible things during his life. But everybody everybody deserves a redemption story. Everybody deserves a chance at redemption. Tiger got his, and he took full advantage of it. And I want to go over a little bit of that redemption story. Actually, I want to go through most of it with you. This guy has now won five Masters. He won, that was his fifth this past Sunday. He's won the PGA Championship four times. He's won the Open Championship three times. And he's won the U.S. Open three times as well. Where I want to start is before this Sunday. Before this past Sunday, Tiger had won 14 majors. Four Masters, four PGA Championships, three Open Championships, and three U.S. Opens. His last championship coming in the U.S. Open in 2008. 
After that, nothing. Nothing for 11 years. Nothing. He went from the youngest to ever win a Masters at 21. Not the youngest anymore, if I'm not mistaken. Jordan Spieth won at 19 a couple years back. At the time, in 1997, he was the youngest to win a Masters at 21 years old. Again, 14 major titles in 11 years. 14 major championship wins in 11 years. And then nothing for 11 more after that. His last major was the U.S. Open again in 2008. And he did it on a torn ACL. And that was the beginning of the end, of what we thought was the end of Tiger Woods. From that point on, he crashed his SUV outside his Florida home. A couple weeks later, multiple reports of affairs with multiple women. He lost major sponsorship endorsements because of this. He spent 45 days in a sex addiction clinic. He split from his wife. He had four back surgeries and was arrested for suspected DUI and charged with reckless, reckless driving. That was as early as, or as recently as 2017. All of that was Tiger's legacy for the past 11 years, the second half of his career. First 11 years, 14 major wins. Second 11, all of that. You can't come back from that. You don't come back from that. Not to me- not 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 just the horrible th- the horrible thing of not only cheating on your wife, but with multiple people. And then that aside, the injuries. He is he's an elite athlete, possibly the most dominant athlete we've ever seen in his sport. And you have that many injuries, ACL, four back surgeries, I believe an Achilles. Could be wrong on that. I think an Achilles, though. You don't come back from that. And yet, after all of that, he grew as a human being, he matured, and he now appears to be a great family man, awesome dad. And still an incredible competitor. And he pulled America, at least, like I said, the sporting world of America. And he did something that no one's ever done. And he pulled us together. And for three days, we rooted for Tiger Woods. And after all of that, Tiger's back, baby. He is back. I don't know how long he'll be back. I think he'll play... Another five to ten years of really solid golf. Definitely three to five. After that, we'll see how his health looks. But if he stays healthy, I see at least three to five years of solid golf with possibly a few more major wins. He's back. He shot 13 under this past Sunday to take home his third. Oh, what did I say? I wrote third. His fifth green jacket. And man, you got to feel bad for French. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, Molinari. He goes into this Sunday, the leader, and chokes it up with a two-over par. All he had to do was go par for the course on Sunday, and he would have tied Tiger and forced a playoff, at least. So you got to feel bad for him, not to mention he's playing alongside Tiger all day Sunday, and every time he he does something wrong or Tiger does something right, the crowd just goes berserk for Tiger Woods. And it wasn't even, sometimes it wasn't even Tiger doing anything. Sometimes it was Molinari hitting a bad shot, just choking, and the crowd goes nuts, and it's almost like, Nobody dislikes, like nobody hates Molinari, but they just desperately wanted to see Tiger wearing that green jacket at the end of the day, and they got what they wanted. I give the crowd a great deal of credit 
for Tiger's win. I mean, you can't take it away from Tiger. Tiger shot 13 under for the weekend. But, man, it must have been hard to play in front of that crowd next to Tiger Woods with his old school swag. What a presence. What a performance. What a comeback. So happy to see one of the all-time best athletes and one of the most dominant players at his sport, his or her sport, be back on top. Awesome to watch. Can't wait to see what the future holds for Tiger in the next year to two years. Um, Again, maybe three to five. It's going to be fun to watch. All right. Uh, We're going to do our traditional bounce over to the NBA. I've got to get some type of dope uh, high school musical like dribble sound effect for that for that transition just like all you hear is basketballs <laughs> dribbling and uh like basketball shoes squeaking on the floor boom 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 i don't know okay that's enough of that uh, we're gonna talk about uh some nba playoffs we're gonna go through every matchup and i'm gonna just give little snippets i don't want to spend i might spend a little bit more time on certain areas and certain matchups than others but i don't want to spend too much time on this i mean this probably will take up the majority of our show but being that there's obviously eight matchups i don't want to i don't want to spend i mean you could spend an hour just on that so uh i'm going to give snippets of each thing kind of different opinions different things i've seen in these matchups uh here we go we're going to start with with my team the orlando magic at the toronto raptors i said that the magic would get swept well didn't take long for me to be wrong on that the magic win game one um it wasn't pretty necessarily the magic did not get any help from the officials but the magic played well dj augustine had a great game the raptors did raptors things and lost as they normally do in game ones Uh, i still believe the raptors will win the series especially after seeing how they responded in game two which obviously it was a must win for them because even against a team like the Magic, going down 0-2 and giving full home court advantage to the Magic is not a great thing. Uh, so they had to win, but uh, Kawhi went off for 35 points. Lowry scored 0 in Game 1, ended up scoring 22 in Game 2. So he showed up. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're going to close this this out um, in five games. So their fifth game will be in Toronto, correct? Toronto, Toronto, Orlando, Orlando. Yeah, fifth game will be in Toronto. And I think that's where they close it out, three, uh, four, one. So uh, we'll see, though. You know, the, the Magic actually played really, really well at home this season. So we'll see. I don't have a ton of faith still, but you know, they played well. I just they shot absurdly well that night, specifically DJ Augustine. I just don't think they can keep that up. And the Raptors were really bad shooting. They they did not shoot well. Obviously, Kyle Lowry had zero points. So um, yeah, still, still, I would put, I'd still put money on the Raptors, but. You know, anything can happen after seeing what happened game one, but we'll see. Uh, Spurs at Nuggets. First of all, first thing that came to mind, and it's kind of probably the first thing that came to anybody's mind, uh, Pop is amazing. Greg Popovich, uh, really vying for best coach of all time. Very well may be. I mean, he has virtually an entirely new roster. Essentially, um, Aldridge is the only kind of one left that he's worked with the past few years. Uh, specifically in the starting lineup, and uh, what he's doing with this team is fantastic. They steal game one, lose game two. is a really good game, but um, it's crazy that he's taken almost a, an entirely new roster, and he's got them in the in the playoffs in the seventh. Well, first of all, in the playoffs, which is kind of at this point, it's like, yeah, it's pop. He's going to be in the playoffs. Duh. I don't know. It's it's still incredible to me. I, I honestly didn't expect much of them this year. Even with Demar Derozan, I didn't think didn't expect them to make the playoffs. Here they are in the playoffs, stealing a game from the two seed, and um, really looking like the better team in this matchup. Now they they did lose game two after leading by 19 points. They gave up a 19 point lead, but I still don't think I think that's that's worse for the Nuggets that the Nuggets were in Denver and went down by 19 than worse for the Spurs that they gave up a 19-point lead simply because it was at home. I mean, if this had been in San Antonio and the Nuggets are down 19 and come back, that's impressive. But that's good for the Nuggets and bad for the Spurs. But because it was in Denver 
I think it's better for the Spurs that they went up 19 and lost it than than the other way around um, because I, the Spurs are incredible at home and I think they're gonna I think they're really gonna dominate the Nuggets the next two so they'll be three one going back to Denver uh, but we'll see what happens there I, I've got my, I would put my money on the Spurs I like them to win the series the Nuggets just like I said the Spurs are the lower seed but they look like the better team so all right thunder at blazers here comes triple double rust at monster here what's he gonna do oh oh he's gonna get completely outplayed and outclassed by damian lillard who is a fantastic player (laughs) he it's crazy how underrated in a way dame is because it's like we don't really mention him when you're talking about the best point guards in the league you kind of your your mind goes to Steph Kyrie Russ somehow uh which Russ is fantastic he's amazing I don't want to be a Russ hater but Russ before Dame I like Dame better he runs he runs the floor he he runs an offense better he shoots 10 times better and he's just as effective going to the hole he's not as he's not as electric going up to the rim but I mean, I just think he's a better player all around. He's and he's a great, he's a really good defender too. So, anyways, I just think he's underrated. It's because everybody thinks like, oh, when you think when you talk about Dame, oh my gosh, he's so good, like he's fantastic. But like I said, when you're talking about best point guards in the league, you really don't talk about Dame much. You he, you kind of mention him seventh, eighth, maybe, typically. And I think he's he's easily top five. I mean, he is he's he's so good. Um, I feel bad for Paul George. We're going to talk about Dame and Russ a little bit more. There's a, they've got a little battle going. Not really much of a battle, but we'll, we'll see them compared. Uh, Paul George is playing really well, not getting any help, really. I mean, Russ has been non-existent, and, and so let's explore that right now. Damian Lillard is 9 of 19 in the series from 3, 47%. Russ is 1 of 10 from 3, 4, 10%. Whew, okay, um, well, let, let's see. Well, Russ isn't a shooter. He's not a shooter. He's he's more of a take it to the hole. He's he's gonna take it to the rim. So let's let's see how how it plays out in the rest of the field. Uh, Dame is nineteen of forty two from the field, shooting forty five percent, less than his three point percentage. So not great from the field. It's all right. Um, Russ is thir- oh, oh, thir- thirteen of thirty seven from the field for thirty five percent. Well, shoot. Um, but but um, but Russ is just electric. He 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 helps his team win. He, he's a game changer. Uh, Dame is his plus minus for the series so far is plus nineteen. Russ's plus minus for this series is minus eighteen and a half. So essentially, what that means is this would be a really close matchup if you take Russ off the floor. Of course, that's not true. Plus minus does show you kind of what that player does for your team. Well, maybe it is true because it shows the point differential when you're on and off the court and. They've been minus 18 and a half with Russ on the court. So he's just not having a good series. Of course, I don't I know that Russ isn't that bad. He's a he's a phenomenal player, but he has been bad this series. Um OKC better be really good at home because their first two games, um yeah in Portland have not looked good. So if unless they are just really good at home, and I do think they will probably, I don't know about blow out the Blazers, but I think they'll win a double-digit game, at least one of these games in OKC. Russ is going to have to go off, and Paul George is just, he's just playing well, period. So he's not going to, I don't see Paul George slowing up. But I don't see them winning both games. They might. I can see them, like I said, getting a double-digit win probably in game three because they're, they need it going home, um, but I can't see Russ stepping up for both. Honestly, I just don't see it. Maybe we'll see. Maybe they tie the series up. I think the Blazers come back to Portland, leading three to one. The Pistons at the Bucks. I don't have many notes here except for the Bucks are scary because that's my first. Well, my first note: Bucks are scary, and then my second note is you can kind of put a because in between there. Greek freak might not be stopped until the conference championship. He looks like he's going to will this team to a conference championship. He looks so good on the offense and defensive end. 
can't shoot that well, but when you're that long, that fast, that athletic, that good on defense, he doesn't. He can score really fast, so he really doesn't need to shoot super well. And I think his three point shot it's been getting better. It, I mean, over his over the seasons, it's been getting better. So he's got a little bit of a three point shot, but he looks unstoppable as he has all season. So we'll see. The, the Pistons have been a pretty decent team. This a, a really good. I thought they'd be a tough out. Like I thought they would give the Bucks a little bit of a fight. They have not at all. Um. Yeah, I think the the Bucks have a good chance of going to the the conference finals. All right, let's check out the Jazz at the Rockets. Very similar. Don't have a lot of notes here, except the Rockets are scary. They look really good. They look they look really really good. They don't look like they've been contested at all by the Jazz, who are a fantastically coached team. And James Harden and the Rockets appear unstoppable until they play. The dubs, which it oh, which is oh, that's that would be the next round. <laughs> well, that was fun while it lasted, Houston, because you're not getting past the the the, the Warriors, and we we'll talk about the Warriors in, in a couple minutes. Nets at Sixers, the Sixers are going to win this series. The Nets are really good story, D'Angelo Russell, um, really great comeback. He's turned into a a really good player. Uh, but they just don't have the firepower that the Sixers have. But something I noted about the Sixers watching them kind of all year, but definitely st- still going into the playoffs, they look awkward. They still don't look like they have great chemistry. Uh, Simmons is the reverse James Harden he, he because he's a complete liability on offense. The only thing he can do on offense is pass, and then he can go down. He can he can go in the paint, but he's your point guard. <laughs> he's a point guard. You don't want him in the paint, so. He's he's awkward on offense. He has not developed uh, the, an inkling of a shot beyond what 10, 15 feet from the bucket. Um, Jimmy Butler is so good and putting up fantastic st- offensive stats, a lot of points, but he doesn't appear to get along with anybody. He doesn't see he he doesn't seem like he's much happier there or like he really loves his teammates. JJ Redick is underperforming. He had a good, decent game the other day. Um, had a really bad game, game one. So he, I mean, he's getting older, but underperforming. Um, and like I said, D'Angelo Russell and the Nets would be a really nice story. They had a good game in, in game one. The Sixers probably win this 4-2. The The Nets might might take one more, you know, get one of these home games. But um, I just don't think they have enough firepower. The Sixers, on paper, have an absurd lineup. I mean, possibly second best lineup on paper to the Warriors starting lineup. And so it's, it's doesn't make sense that they look like this, but like I said, they just look awkward. It doesn't look like they've developed good chemistry yet. And they had all, all year to do it and it just hasn't happened. So we'll see, they might click and, and go, take us for a ride, but I, I don't know. It doesn't look like it at this point. Pacers at Celtics. Celtics are hitting their stride at the right time because they've kind of looked a little awkward as well throughout the season, but Towards the end of the season, they started hitting it, and now they're they're really hitting it. The only thing I haven't seen them do is click offensively super well. Kyrie looks good. Tatum looks good. Hayward, I know he's coming off the bench, but he, he hasn't contributed a whole lot. He, he looks fine you know, for a bench player between 10 and 15 points. Tonight he'll go for an occasional 20-plus. But um, other than that, I, just with Jalen Brown in the starting lineup, like I said, Kyrie... Jason Tatum, Horford, uh, Hayward coming off the bench, Terry Rozier, 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 I don't know how you guys are. I have trouble with that last name because I found out after four years that Malik Rozier, I've been calling it, I called him for three, four years, Malik Rozier, he's a quarterback for the Miami Hurricanes. I found out his it's pronounced Rozier. So I don't know how to say Terry Rozier. I think it's Rozier. We'll just call him Scary Terry. How about that? Scary Terry hasn't contributed too, too much, at least in this series yet. He, he's looked, you know, hot and cold this season. But So they just haven't really clicked offensively besides Kyrie and, and, and Tatum. But um, defensively and as a, as a unit, as a team, chemistry, they look good. They're going to be fine. And I think they're just going to get better on offense as the series goes. Um, who else? Clippers and Warriors, last but not least. Clippers at Warriors. After that meltdown, 31-point lead, 
and did everybody catch that they blew a 3-1 lead to the Cavs a few years back, and now they just blew a 31-point lead to the Clippers? Oh, boy, is that bad juju? Not Juju Smith-Schuster. That's a good juju. This might be bad juju. I'm just kidding. They're fine. <laughs> they're they're not going anywhere. They're going to win this series 3-1, 4-2, one or the other, and it's going to they're and then they're probably going to beat the Rockets worse than they eh, the Rockets series might be a nice little series to watch, but I don't think they'll struggle they'll struggle I don't think they'll struggle too much with the Rockets either. Too much firepower. Too much. Um Beverly, I will give the Clippers this. I think this is a better matchup then the Rockets will be against the, the Warriors because of Patrick Beverly. He's a fantastic defensive player. If I say fantastic one more time, I'm going to eat my microphone. I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to try not to say it again. I love that word, but you can't overuse it. Sorry for that meltdown. Uh, Patrick Beverly is a, an awesome defensive player, and it seems that he's in KD's head a little bit. So I like that matchup. Kind of take KD out of the game, put it on Steph, put it on Clay, put it on Draymond. There's just too many. See, <laughs> it's just too much firepower. But I do like the matchup. It's it's interesting. I think the Warriors again win three one four two one or the other. Before we move on from the NBA, that's all we have for the playoffs. But I do have one more thing to bring up. I remember I I said I'm gonna. I would try to talk Luka Doncic as much as possible because I love it. I, lo- I love him. I love him as a player. He's He just seems like a good person, and he's just nasty style of play. But I said last week, probably be my last time for a while talking about him. Nope, I found something to talk about. It's very brief. A few weeks back when I talked about Luka Doncic, I mentioned, uh, I said Apollo, I apologize to my sister Faith for putting her out there like this, but um, if he wants to date her, he's more than welcome to put it up for grabs like, if if you want to date my my sister Faith, she's eighteen. She's beautiful. She's very talented. Awesome girl. You seem just let's make that happen. Well, um, I told my sister Faith this. She does listen every once in a while, but she, I, apparently she didn't get to that part of whatever episode that was. And I told her about that, and she said, "Wow, thanks a lot." Um, who I don't even know who he is. So I showed her. She followed him on Instagram. She was like. Oh, okay. I mean, whatever. And <laughs> she was down for it. She was like, he is a very attractive man. Uh, I don't think she'll be embarrassed by this. Whoops. Uh, but uh, she actually sent me <laughs> a screenshot this week of him with his girlfriend. Oh, rip. Rip. Oh, we were devastated. So doesn't look like it's going to happen yet, but... But God's got a plan, so you never know. Maybe they're not meant to be, and maybe faith just stay available. I'm just kidding. Okay, that's too much. Um, all right, so that's my Luka Doncic story for the day. He does have a lady friend ripped to my sister Faith and my own dreams of, well, of him becoming her boyfriend slash maybe husband and him becoming my brother. <sighs> Okay, we'll have to figure it out a different way. (laughs) Well, that's that. All right, folks, this is going to bring us to a segment. It's kind of one we've done in the past, and I revamped it with a different name because the name I gave it in the past was Stupid. You ever, like, remember something that you did as a kid and you're just like, you think about it, and you fester on it, and you're like, what an idiot. Like, why did I do that? I was so dumb. And then as you get older, you realize, oh my gosh, like, you can do the same thing for yourself like a year ago. It's not even you as a kid. It's like a year ago. Well, I, I never stopped that, like, like shortening of that gap to where now I can do something yesterday, and I think today, what an idiot. What was I thinking? Maybe you guys can too. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But yeah, so a few weeks back, we did a segment called Pass or Fail. And it was just kind of lame title, uh, whatever. I, so same exact segment. It's essentially where I was right and where I was wrong over the past few weeks. And 
and said, I, I, I renamed it Oxymoron. Now, I know what an oxymoron is obviously a word that, or phrase, I guess, that contradicts itself, essentially, which actually, little lesson here, the word oxymoron is indeed an oxymoron because the Latin, Greek, eh, word oxy uh, means sharp or smart, essentially. And moron, of course, we know means dimwit, dumb, stupid. And so the word is smart idiot, essentially. Oxymoron. So that's what we're calling it. Uh, Oxymoron. These are my moments of oxy where I am so sharp. And then my moments, and there are many, where I am an absolute loon. I'm an idiot. I'm a moron. I got things wrong. So yes, we renamed it where I'm right, where I'm wrong, oxymoron. Here we go. Number one, we're starting with a with a with a moron. I am I'm I'm dumb. I'm not I'm not I'm not always right, and we know this. March Madness. Boy was I good through the round of thirty-two. <laughs> so not long. Um we get to the, you know, the sweet sixteen. I'm actually pretty okay, I lied. I was pretty good in the sweet sixteen. I believe I had fourteen of sixteen. And in the lead eight, I had maybe four of eight. And then final four, I had nobody. And then, of course, obviously, if you have nobody in the final four, you have nobody in the championship. But even then, I decided to talk about the final show on uh, the final four on my show, this show right here, because I'm because I'm so smart, you know, oxy power, bro. I'm gonna break it down. I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. Nope. Completely wrong on both of those picks. I picked Auburn to win, and I picked Michigan State to win right here on the show. Can't go back. Can't take it back. Can't erase it. It's already on the internet. Uh, And so, yeah, there you go. I was completely wrong on March Madness almost all the way through. Uh, Again, good first half, terrible second half. I'm a moron. But wait, there's an oxy. Here we go. Kyler Murray. I I don't want to brag. But man, when this kid was getting evaluated to start, he wasn't in most people's first round. And I said, what's going on? Not just because he won the Heisman. That's a silly approach. You can't just look at who wins the Heisman. But when you look at the film, the dude has a cannon for an arm. He's fast as goodness gracious. And he's really accurate. He's he's really accurate. He is essentially a smaller version of Lamar Jackson who can actually throw really, really well. Lamar Jackson can't throw. He's he's not a poor thrower, but he's got a lot to learn. Kyler Murray can throw the football. He's ready. He can make a lot of throws, and he's very accurate. And now, what do you know? A few weeks into the evaluation process, he starts climbing up the boards. All of a sudden, he's kind of the consensus number one pick. Now, we don't know if Arizona's truly going to pick him or not. They came out this week. Steve Keim, the GM, said, they do not know who they're picking. They might they might know exactly who they're picking, and they're just saying that. But regardless, they may not pick them. The fact of the matter is that more and more people evaluated them and looked and said, okay, this kid's really, really good, and I feel like I was one of the first. Not saying I was one of the first. I'm sure there was tons of scouts and blah, 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 GMs and whatnot that, that saw his potential. I feel like I was one of the first to just say, like, I would take him a lot higher, <laughs> you know, if, if I was there. And and take that for what it is. I was right. Oxy power. Here we go. Number three, uh, we're going to go back to Moron because these go back and forth quick, folks. LeBron James and the Lakers. Wow. You notice I talked about them a lot. I talked about him a lot to start uh, for my first, what, maybe 10 shows. And I haven't talked about him much since. You know why? Because they were absolutely awful. They were terrible. I said they would definitely make the the playoffs and possibly win a few series. Well, there goes that. They didn't even sniff the playoffs. LeBron quit with 15 games left, it appeared. Maybe 20 games left, whatever. I forget how many there was. Didn't play in the last 10 or so. I mean, it was just an absolute failure. Now they're falling apart. Magic Johnson gone. Luke Walton gone. Don't have a coach right now. Don't have a what was Magic Johnson, like a president or whatever, essentially. Uh, yeah, president of operations. They have fallen apart. 
unless and still it honestly it doesn't matter who they get as their president of operations it doesn't matter who they get as their head coach to be honest just someone that knows a little bit of what they're talking about they need stars they need one to vie for the playoffs and they need two to fight for a championship that's plain and simple i was wrong i'm a moron and number four Wait, there's more. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say that every time. Oxy time. Russ. Not, not okay. Maybe I should rethink this name too. Oxy just sounds bad. <laughs> it could mean something else other than smart, I guess. Um, I'm not doing oxy. Uh, Russ is not a game changer, as in Russell Westbrook is not a game changer. I stand by that. He's a rebounding point guard who passes very well and kills the rim but he can't shoot in a league that oh my gosh shooters win a lot look at the best two shooting teams in the league the Rockets and the Warriors they're doing pretty well they look like the two strongest teams in the West even though the Warriors lost one they still, I mean, they were up 31 points. I know I said earlier, if it was home and you lose the lead, it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. But they're fine. <laughs> they are fine. The the Thunder are not. They don't have a point guard who can shoot. And not only that, though, is they have a point guard who can't shoot and still shoots. <laughs> and they have Paul George, who is fantastic. At I did it again. I'm eating my microphone. Okay. They have Paul George, who is absolutely amazing and is doing everything he can. They just don't have much else. Russ is not a game changer. In fact, he... You know what? Maybe this is a, a moron part. Maybe it's not an oxy, a smart part. Maybe it it is a moron part because I am wrong. He is a game changer. He's hurting his team with minus 18.5 plus minus. So... Russ is not a game changer. I've been saying it for a while. I'm I'm right. I'm right on this. Oxy time. And I'm not doing oxy. Moron time. Right back at the wrong side. I said Duke would easily win the tournament. I said it a lot. And they didn't. They actually struggled in almost every game in the tournament. And which I I kind of exp- I did say easily, so I didn't expect it, but it made sense after the fact. After thinking, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You think about it. Every team in the tournament is giving their best, and then they're going to give that. They're going to give above and beyond their best when you're playing Duke. And Duke was playing some very good teams. Michigan State knocked them out uh, in a great game, one point loss. But I, w- I was wrong. Moron. Shame. 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 Uh, but then I am right. Oxyside. Teddy Bridgewater, I said a few weeks ago it would be ridiculous for him to go to the Dolphins. I said with the Dolphins, his his ceiling is probably Ryan Tannehill. We don't develop players very well. His ceiling might be Ryan Tannehill, maybe a little bit better. Um, and with the Saints, if he stays there under Sean Payton, under Drew Brees, getting brought up and trained, he's still a young guy, 25-26. Um, I thought that would be the best place for him. Because he his his ceiling in New Orleans is way higher. They've got a great organization with great coaches, with a great Hall of Fame, one of the greatest of all time quarterbacks that he can learn behind. And what does he do? He chose to stay with the Saints. It was on a one year deal, but I think they'll kind of do that as long as he doesn't get a little. It's not greedy because you want to get paid, especially in your prime when you're when you're young. But if he does decide they're gonna, I think he him and his agent want these one year deals. Saints just want to keep him around because they want him to be the future. Um, but I think his him and his angel will probably keep these one-year deals so they can explore every offseason, kind of the offers out there and, and what's going on. But, um, but yeah, he, he stayed with the Saints. He made the right decision. I was right. And last but not least, back to me being a moron. Magic. I said that they would get swept. We talked about this a little bit earlier, and they did not. They go out. It's like... I got to play, I got to do the lottery or something and, and just play, what's that called? Uh, not play, you, I got to use reverse psychology because I feel like there are times when I say things that seem obvious 
and like I, 99% of people would agree with me. And then I say them and then the opposite happens. And um, <laughs> that's what happened here. It was like, of course, yeah, Toronto's going to win. Much better team at home. Clearly the best player in the series in Kawhi Leonard. One of the best, maybe top three, four in the league. Yeah, of course the of course the Magic won't win a game. They, I mean, they, you know, first time in the playoffs since 2011. They're, they don't have experience. So I say that. It almost, like, it sounds like, okay, yeah, duh. And it's still wrong <laughs> to Magic go out and play a really great game, especially against, you know, two teams and the Raptors and the refs. Um, anyways, we want to talk about that. And they come out with a win, and it was just, it was fantastic. So, you know, I was wrong there. But I'm happy to be a moron on this side because... Magic fans, so here we go. Now it's 1-1, coming back to Orlando. Let's go. O-Town, let's go Magic, baby. What is our thing? Isn't it like hashtag, I don't remember what it is. I thought we had something like hashtag, uh, I don't know. It's probably like hashtag Disney World or hashtag uh, Magic Glitters uh, Alakazam. Hashtag Alakazam, go Magic. All right, for these last couple minutes, uh, I don't really have anything prepared for it. I was thinking, I was like, do I want to do a second segment and go over, kind of do some Twitter certified? It's really, you know, simple but fun segment. You just kind of, like, you know, go, you know what we do. You know what we do. We just explore trending topics on Twitter, sports or not. And I found a couple. There's some pretty funny ones. One was like President Trump. <laughs> tweeted it it was just funny to read it was like president trump tweets out game of thrones themed tweet about the mueller report and i was like did i just read what i think i just read oh okay um <laughs> and then it, and then there was another game game of thrones related one uh it was like elmo teaches Tyrion and cersei lannister a lesson in respect or something like that and i was like no way so i watched it and it's actually really funny uh, they got the real actors, uh, or actor and actress, actor and actress. There we go. Um, Peter Dinklage and Cersei's actress name is slipping my mind. I apologize. And they kind of did this scene with Elmo where Elmo kind of <laughs> makes everything okay and they raise a glass to each other. It's great. Um, but other than that, I was like, man, there's really not a lot of like things that, there's not a lot of topics that are jumping out to me today. So I was like, Let's just talk a little Game of Thrones. What? little recap. So listen up. If you don't watch the show and you're not ever going to watch the show, stick around. Listen up. If you do watch the show and you have not watched the first episode of Season 8 or if you're just behind and you have not caught up yet, turn this off right now. I'll say my goodbyes now. I love you. Peace. You know how I end every show like that. Love you guys. Peace. Are you off yet? Are you? Did you turn? Do you still hear my voice? That and you don't watch the show, or you're behind on the show. Get, don't hear my voice anymore. Bye. I'll give you three, two, two and a half, one. Go to your room. You're out. Um. Here we go. So episode one of season eight. My first thoughts were, wow, so much happened. They all saw each other. They haven't seen each other in years. Oh my gosh. They're all back together. Everybody has seen everybody. It's this huge, beautiful love fest. It just, so much happened. How do they fit all that in 55 minutes? And then I thought about it. Okay, that was my thoughts. Those are literally, boom. Like, I wrote them down as soon as I thought them. That's, I just read that off of a script. No, I didn't. Um, And then I thought about it some more and I was like, oh my gosh, wait. <laughs> Wait, nope, nope, nothing happened actually, <laughs> they they just kind of all met, so really nothing happened, but it was so well done that it felt like a lot happened, so I did like that they were definitely setting up, setting up the platform for the season, Um, I liked how they kind of ended the, the episode with Jamie seeing Bran, where if you can remember back to season one, that's how season one ended was Jamie seeing Bran fall about 
150 feet or whatever it was. And uh, so, yeah, this is the first time Jamie sees what he's done to Bran. It's the first time Bran has seen the person that has put him in this wheelchair. So that was pretty crazy. Um, what else did I think? Uh, obviously, John found out that um, he is the rightful heir to the throne. He is um, he is born of royalty. He is a actually not a B word. I don't want to say. I don't know who thinks that's a bad word. He is not a bastard. I apologize if that offends. Um, he is actually born, and he is a Targaryen. And oh yeah, he's kind of with wink wink his aunt. <laughs> But the funny part about it wasn't that he's, well, it's not funny, it's weird, but it was that when Sam tells him, he was just like, I don't want to be king, I gave up my crown. Well, no, you're you're a Targaryen, you're like, you're like her, <laughs> you're like the king, like, you are the king. And he was just concerned about, no, like, I don't want to be. It, was, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, like, oh, <laughs> Which, again, in maybe it was just different in, in this setting, which obviously it is. But then it's not. It's like, at one end, I'm like, the incestual thing, it's like, people clearly don't like it. Because, like, why would Jamie and Cersei hide it? People clearly don't like it. Um, and, and then on top of that, I mean, that's what got Cersei, for the most part, locked up by the, uh, the Septon. Um so it's clearly like a weird thing. So why isn't John freaking about out about it a little bit more? But then on the other hand, it's like the Targaryens did it for sent for generations. So it's like, is it okay in this in this setting? Obviously, it is not okay. Disgusting. But in this plot, is it okay or not? Like, are we supposed to be happy for like them, <laughs> John and Daenerys, if they stay together, or? Are we supposed to be grossed out and like like not happy about it, or like what are we what are we supposed to feel here? Like what do we want? Like clearly, I don't want them to stay together because that's again it's gross. But then it's like, but but they would make a really good power couple on the throne. Like uh, I don't know. It's just a weird situation. Uh, good episode one, not much happened. My only concern, my biggest concern has nothing to do with the episode. It was fine. My biggest concern is that there's five episodes left. Now, I believe starting episode three, they're supposed to get longer, like over an hour or so. If I'm not mistaken, well, more, even more than that, like closer to an hour and a half. So that's good. They're going to need it. That was my only concern is like, okay, yeah, it was a fun episode. It was cool. Like we're getting back into it. It was almost just like a, Hey, we're back episode and it was cool but I was concerned I was like my first thought at the end like when I realized that nothing had happened was well now there's only five episodes left to do a freaking ton that you that you better do so I know they will I they, they're not going to drop the ball they're not I, I refuse to believe it it's been such a good show for so long I mean oh it's it's so good if you don't watch it don't watch it. <laughs> I don't want to tell anybody to watch it because it is a really, it is, it is graphic. But um, if you can get by that, or you know what, do what I did for I, I and I truly did this for maybe for most of my time watching it. And t- towards the end, I didn't like seasons six and seven because it was kind of toned down at that point. But through like season one through five, I used something called VidAngel. It, I got a, like a one month free trial, one week free trial, something like that. And you hook it up to your HBO if you have it through Amazon, which I do. I think believe you have to have it through Amazon. You link it to your HBO, and then you can take out anything you want. Language, nudity, gore, even down to like words that they use, like implying certain things. It's a really cool app. It's like $9.99 a month if you if you run out of the free trial. It's, so it's not bad, especially if you just you know use it for what shows you want to and then kind of cancel it. It's not, not a big deal. Um Although it might be one of those apps where, like, if you cancel it, you can't get it back for a certain amount of time or whatever. But uh, look into it if if you're if you're worried about that kind of stuff, like the nudity, the I mean, gore, whatever language. I, I don't know what what offends you. So if that's your deal, try out VidAngel because I really do recommend the show. It's fantastic. 
it did it again. So now I have to throw up my mic and eat it again. Give me a moment. I'm just kidding. But yeah, that's uh that's what I got for Game of Thrones recap. It was uh and that was all so I apologize if that was a jumble jumbled mess because I really haven't talked about it out loud that much, that in depth. So if that was a jumbled mess of just spaghetti, I apologize because I did not write anything. I didn't prepare for that. I just kind of thought like, hey, that's what I'll do. I've got like 15 minutes left or 20 minutes left, whatever. I'll use 10 of it because I'm not going to go a full hour today. So I was like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just talk a little Game of Thrones. So I apologize if that was awful. Uh, if you enjoyed it, you're welcome. <laughs> you, you are you are welcome inside my mind anytime, but don't come every time because it's, it's, it's weird in there. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Who am I? All right, that's it for Game of Thrones. All right, everybody. Once again, thank you so much for making me part of your day or days. If Again, if you extend to a couple days to listen, that's fine. Um, don't forget, you can go to at take it, leave it, BH on Instagram and Twitter. Drop us some mail, love, hate, concerns, uh, questions, um, ideas, topics that you want me to talk about, whatever you want. Go again at take it, leave it, BH on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, what else? Yeah, it's been a pleasure to be here again and be part of your day. It's been a blast. I love you all. Have a wonderful and safe Easter weekend. And uh, eat lots of candy and whatever your tradition is. I know some people will eat like lamb. Some people will eat, I don't know, whatever you eat. Some people do like, you know, cool tradition like taco Sunday or whatever for Easter. Um, candy, obviously, if, if you're doing eggs, if, if you, whatever your tradition is. Do it to the fullest and enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Enjoy your family. Um, can't wait to be with you again next week. Love you guys. Be safe. Peace.